Welcome to Slow and Steady, the podcast where you get to follow along as we try to figure out how to build and run a SaaS. I'm Benedict. And I'm Brian. Each week, we'll give you an honest look into our lives as we work on our products and keep the lights on with consulting. Today is October the 16th, and I am feeling behind. This is episode number 13, and I'm feeling productive. All right. Good for good for you. What, uh, what's got you feeling productive? Uh, I actually made some progress on in-app messages, or actually not in-app messages, but like all the refactoring work that is before the uh-huh. new feature, pulling pulling out stuff and reorganizing things. I realized that I made quite a mess in the past okay. with all the message message rendering, and now I'm trying to pull it apart and put it back together in a way that I can actually reuse parts of it. Nice. Uh, turns out it's more challenging than I ex- uh, expected, but uh, um, uh, then again, there are a lot of moving parts. <laughs> more challenging than you expected, the pulling it apart and putting it back together again, or the... Yeah, okay. yeah, that part. Like, yeah. there by now there's so many features, like, in message rendering, just, like, the, the composing of the message mm-hmm. from the, the, the raw input, that it's actually challenging to separate the stuff. Like, there's... Obviously, the the normal message body, but then you can uh, have tags with user like user properties in there. You can you have link tracking in there. There's the unsubscribe links in there. Yep. There's preheaders. Like so many things that have to work together at mm-hmm. the same time and in the correct order. For example, you can reference the message sub- subject in the body. But that only works if you render the message message subject beforehand and like stuff like that. Yeah, it, it it's more complicated than it looks from the outside. <laughs> <laughs> as you're and so as you're looking at it now, are you, was it was it com, was it complex just inherently like it was always going to be that difficult to to create email messages or are there things that you would have thought about differently if you could if you could start over and, and do it from scratch? Um, I realized that I made stuff too smart. Like uh, c- some components had too much logic in them and mm-hmm. were assuming too many too many things that made them like interconnected between each other much more than than is healthy. So a lot of the stuff I did yesterday was just pulling these things apart and make each component as stupid as possible yeah. <laughs> with yeah. as little inputs as possible. Uh, so it's easier to reuse them, and uh, I think that's going to pay off Good. eventually. Cool, man. Uh, How was your week? It was it was a good week. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I say I'm feeling, I say I'm feeling behind. I do feel behind, uh, but I had a, I had a pretty good week. Um, last, so last Wednesday, at a good like, I don't know, hour and a half or so, uh, you know, voice, uh, uh, Zoom call with the, the developer that I'm having build out the, the Slack prototype, um, for my like remote work doesn't have to be lonely. Uh, project still open to names if anybody out there has a good idea for a name <laughs> um and uh and that was good um because i was able to kind of just get myself familiar with slacks like with the development workflow you know here's how you test a a slack application locally um you know and and just what that whole workflow is like was able to make some changes to the the application um, and see them go through to Slack, like cha- changing basically the interface for how you would respond. Mm. Um, and so, so that's actually, that's feeling really good. You know, I, I was kind of struggling or, or, uh, yeah, it's questioning early on, 
do I, so what, what of this should I outsource and what should I not? Um, do I need to just like learn the, the rudimentary basics of, of, you know, Slack's API and spin up a node application and and learn that from the get go? Or is, am I going to make a lot more progress by outsourcing the initial chunks of this prototype? And, and right now I feel like I, I definitely made the right choice. Um, because there's just so there's just so much of the boilerplate that's in place now that I don't have to learn, but mm-hmm. I can start making changes to the actual user facing piece of the of the prototype already. So um, so that that feels that feels pretty good. Uh, I do. I am definitely feeling want to hold myself accountable and like really get myself basically like final finalize this thing and start putting it in front of people so that it doesn't drag on like it already i'm already feeling like it's it's dragging on too long um like these final these final bits and so Mm -hmm. uh yeah i'm uh, what's what's missing at this point like what's uh, stopping you to just put it in front of people right now yeah good question um it's that it's that there are a couple of uh, a couple of like ways that the questions are displayed and that the results get displayed back to the manager that that just look bad um and gosh yeah they and they, they really do like I, I should say i'll send you a screenshot um after after we're here uh it's not that they're unreadable i mean slack in you know enforces certain types of display um but it just it just doesn't look like summarized and clean easy to skim and helpful um and so uh yeah, there there are just a couple of couple of tiny little things like that um, that I want that I want to be fixed. Um, and then on the you know func- functionality wise, there are like a couple of tests that I want us to get in place so that I can like basically guarantee that the reporting hierarchy is just absolutely airtight, so that a what an, an employee. Yeah, a, a manager will never be able to see the re- responses from an employee is not a direct report of, um, mm-hmm. you know, just like that, that element of it. I've, I haven't like completely tested to, to feel a hundred percent confident yet. Um, so it is, it is quite, it is very, very close. I just, I need to make it a priority to outline specifically those, those final thing, um, and, and get them done because yeah, otherwise it is, it is actually is is quite close. I was able. I'm not sure if you've I've been wondering if you've seen been seeing them come through, but I put it in our slow and steady Slack workspace. Um, oh, no, interesting. No, okay, I didn't. yeah, you you probably you that. yeah you you wouldn't have um, and uh, unless like you got some because you're the admin. If you got some notification that I created a new channel, I was just curious if you had seen. No, nope, so nothing. <laughs> all right, yeah. So I was testing it there to be sure. Okay, it can be installed. Um, nice. You know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So. Yeah, feel anyway. free to like give it a proper run there. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. Make yeah, I, make me your uh, employee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> totally. Well, so um, yeah. So I I'm really I need to get I need to get those final things outlined because um, I am personally not going to have any time to work on it between now and, uh, and next Tuesday. Um, I'm I've got a full book of client work today. I'm going to see Tool tonight. Um, nice. Very excited about that, and then uh, and then super excited. My my wife and I are leaving for a, a trip. Just the two of us, leaving the kids with her sister and brother and our brother in law, and we're going to Santa Fe, New Mexico, um, from tomorrow to Tuesday. So, um, anyway, that's that's my that's my week. That's nice, interesting. 
Um, yep. Did you? Uh, I wanted to ask you that. Did you see that new feature by Slack? Uh, this uh, workflow builder for repeating tasks. I have not seen that. Let me. Of course, I come unprepared, and I don't have the link ready <laughs> to send over to you. But apparently, they uh, they just launched some kind of um, yeah workflow builder to yeah basically create similar things like you're trying to do. Cool. Let's. All right. I'll. Uh, yeah. Thanks, man. I've got the link now. Uh, I will. I will dig into that. Is it the sort of thing that you suspect will either um, is it going to to make the development uh, easier or to potentially make what I'm trying to build obsolete before it even gets out of the door? Uh, I think more of the make it obsolete yep. thing, but I yeah. wouldn't worry too much about that. I mean, you're still targeting a very specific uh, use case and can probably add more value with like a nice UI and nice reporting. I don't think you you'd be able to to do stuff with with this um, stuff like that with the with the workflow builder but mm -hmm. it looks like you can mm -hmm. do stuff like the send messages to people and collect answers and stuff like that like on an on an automated yeah some like some basic like automation basically that's yeah. what it that's that's my first understanding to of yep. it i to be honest i didn't fully look into it but cool. it's interesting to see that now everyone's coming up with those workflow tools in some yeah. some form yeah they're they're i mean they're they're super helpful um and i think yeah and i, I wouldn't I would not i wouldn't take it as discouragement of let to make it autom or obsolete out of, out of the gate you also you also sent me the this tool um that somebody that's going to microconf europe is working on what was it called mind tool or something uh team mood i think team mood was, yeah 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 so that i mean i take so, so team mood looks like it's doing something super similar checks in on the well-being of your team and then um based on those response graphs it you know etc cetera, etc cetera. um and to, so that to me like that feels like market validation that there are uh there there's definitely yeah there there are, there are times when that might discouragement of oh yeah this is like literally our business like pointless there's th this feels like yeah that's that's completely validation um and i think that so the thing i'm trying to keep in mind is uh to to find ways to add value and and improve like the customer experience that is not absolutely ingrained in slack that's maybe that's maybe my only that's my big concern and hesitation about like the route that i've chosen to go to to prove you know that like to to get a prototype in front of people initially is the last i do not want it to be a slack app like it is a it's going to be a, a tool for teams to you know keep keep an, keep an eye on their employees and it happens to have a really clean to use slack interface mm. so um anyway all right that's well i, I think that's that's, that's still a smart smart choice because like it makes onboarding so much easier mm -hmm. like you don't have to invite people it's just like uh install it into your existing slack app mm -hmm. and and have something going mm -hmm. well. so i think it's a smart way to to build a, up on an existing platform for this yeah yeah i i, I think so hopefully that will <laughs> hopefully that'll prove out yeah. yeah what uh you you wanted to you wanted to dig in and talk about shape up but is there anything else from your week that you wanted to chat about before we get into that book um yeah like i, I said i'm feeling productive but uh -huh. like compared to last week it's night and day <laughs> so in what way last week after after our recording it basically kept on the like the mountain of tasks 
just oh, okay food. like <laughs> it was horrible yeah. I, when i like when we ended the recording on um, wednesday last week i was like looking in my calendar i was like ah interesting there's nothing in my calendar except for the office hours um that would stop me from just focusing the entire day on useless stuff mm -hmm. and two hours and later then... stuff started happening there was yeah. a new support request and Uh, in the morning, I woke up to, I think, three or four emails from consulting clients okay. with urgent tasks. And mm -hmm. I ended up like spending one hour on, on user list. And Friday was similar, like looked pretty good and innocent uh, the day before. But in the morning, like my inbox was flooded with new tasks. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, just super annoying. Right. But this week, for some reason, it's much better. Um, I had most of the day yesterday uh, to work on stuff and got some little stuff done today and hopefully get more more uh, refactoring done tomorrow. Yeah. And then yeah, on Friday I leave for Microconf Europe. Cool. It's also exciting. So okay, so you leave you leave Friday for Microconf Europe? Yeah, Microconf Ooh. Europe is next week. Okay. Um and uh yeah. Which which days? Good. Like how how many days is uh, it? Uh Microconf itself is Monday and Tuesday, I think. All right. And then I'm flying back on Wednesday. So we should probably figure out how to how to record the next episode. But, yeah, uh, yeah, we, we can may, do that afterwards. Right? <laughs> yeah, we'll figure that out later. We may need to bump it. Um, hey, so well, speaking speaking of, we didn't talk about this, but MicroConf uh, US is mm -hmm. tickets are going on sale today in about two hours. Uh, yes. Are you? Are. Do you know yet if you are planning to attend? I am going to buy tickets. Okay, and then we'll see. All right. <laughs> All right. So I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure yet, but uh, I buy a ticket and then mm -hmm. try to make it. Okay. Uh, still still have to discuss uh, with the girlfriend. Right. Uh, yeah. 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 No. Stuff like I, that. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Uh, so I'm I'm really excited. Um, but how how what do people usually do? Because there's you know there's growth, microconf growth, and then there's starter. So I mean, do you buy tickets to both? Do you buy tickets to one and then just hang around? Like, what do people do? I, I haven't been to either growth or starter, so I don't really know. Oh, okay. Gotcha. But my plan is to just buy one for growth uh -huh. um, and then just be there for, for the one, like, just for growth. Uh -huh. uh, I've heard from people that, that attended both, and it might be interesting, but I feel like four days of talks and right. conferencing right. might be a bit overwhelming. Right, right. So I keep it. I, I keep uh, just going to one. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. What are your thoughts? Like, do you want to go to growth or starter? Or well, I mean, the the way they describe it, I you know where my product business is right now, I should go to starter. Um, and so, like, that's like that's what I was planning on doing. And growth is on Monday and Tuesday, so I was thinking, well, what if I you know arrive Tuesday morning? Can't you know? Wouldn't have wouldn't be able to you know attend um, the talks or anything, but um, would like be around or hanging afterwards or whatever, and then you know Wednesday Thursday attend the starter track. So that's that's yeah, what I'm that thinking. Like smart, that's what I'm thinking in a way. Smart plan. Cool. I, from past experience with Microconf Europe, it's better to arrive early than try to stay longer. Yeah, totally. Like, if you want to like... add a vacation, add it in front instead of <laughs> adding it to the back. Yeah, like I did that once and. It was like, you can't really enjoy the vacation because like you're too pumped up from the conference with all the ideas and stuff and mm -hmm. basically want to go back into work. Get going. And then yeah. by the time you actually get back to work, like a week later, um, a lot of that has died off and a lot of insights <laughs> already vanished. Yeah. So 
<laughs> yeah. So it's the worst thing you can do. Like if you plan to do vacation, add it in front <laughs> and come relax before the conference and get hyped up by, by, by good talks advice. and people. <laughs> That's good advice. Cool. Well, can we, do you want to talk about, uh, looks like you've got a lot of notes in here about shape up. Yeah, I, I finished the book uh, earlier today, to be honest. All right. Uh, and I added some notes here and there during while reading it. I'm not entirely sure. How how do we start this? Like, uh, well, what are your? I mean, what were your big takeaways, or what do you wanna? What do you wanna talk about? I think one of my takeaways uh, is it's good to have like new language around this stuff, but uh-huh. a lot of a lot of the ideas don't <laughs> come off as super new and uh, novel to me. Like, okay. it's just it feels like a different 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 wording of, around agile concepts okay. in a way. That's, at least that's my that's my perception yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah, I can I can hear it in your voice, and I have the benefit of seeing you on video that listeners don't. But like, even just from from your notes, like my my sense was, oh, Benedict doesn't really get the big doesn't see what the big deal is. Like your your notes have this sprinkling of like, why why is this such a big deal? Yeah, is that fair? Yeah, I, I think that that that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I get why why it works and why it's a good concept, but like, mm-hmm. it's not. It doesn't come off too revolutionary to me. Okay, um, because it's uh, just to like summarize what you were saying. Like, it's basically agile with less acronyms, less dogma, and like slightly different structure. I I guess it's agile, but it's not Scrum. Um, I, and I th- feel like a lot of people con- confuse like agile development with with like super strict processes like Scrum, and mm-hmm. even that is probably a mistake. Like I've, I I hear a lot of people hating about agile development and and like processes like Scrum, and when I talk to them, it sounds like yeah, it's actually horrible because it's like dictated from the top, and you don't get the autonomy that is in a way a core concept of this whole agile approach. And I feel like a lot of the things that that I mentioned in Shape Up have similar there are similar concepts in agile development processes like Scrum, but because like they get a little bit abused these days and mm-hmm. everyone's forced into these processes, um, yeah, people start to hate it because they get the autonomy they should have. Okay, all right, and s- well, so specifically from your notes here, you're you're basically saying you know shaping that's writing user stories, nothing new there. Um, the team defines yeah, the tasks. A That's a better way to do it anyway. Um, Shape Up talks about six-week sprints. Agile usually has two-week sprints. Like, is this yeah, what like, you're... So. Yeah, exactly. But the, the thing is, agile, like, agile in itself doesn't define how long a sprint is. Like, that's just... Two-week sprints is just like something you decide that you do two-week sprints. Why, why then... Why, I mean, educate me. So then why then is that such a uh, standard... If it if it hasn't been defined, it's. I guess it's a good balance when you're just doing doing development. That's very predictable. Mm-hmm. Like when you when you're familiar with the concepts and the ideas and like what you're going to build, then two weeks isn't a bad cycle. Like because you don't do a lot of research and there's not that many unknowns. Usually, you can you can do do that in two weeks. And even ShapeUp mentions it. Um, I don't, I forgot what they name it, but like the small batches. I think. Yeah. Yeah. They mentioned like. Small batch, uh, breaking batch. things like in 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 one to two week cycles, mm-hmm. and that's basically the thing. Like uh, they they happen to sometimes they apparently split those six weeks into three two weeks chunks where it makes sense, mm-hmm. and 
I guess, yeah. But as I said, in the end, it's it's up to the team to decide that. And uh, uh, the downside is it doesn't happen that often. Like a lot of people just, and that's I think that's one of the pro problems with Scrum and stuff. Like people to follow it too much, too too much like religion or like it's the rule. You have to do it this way. Yeah. And don't see it as a collection of tools that you can use and apply to your own process to, to make things work. Right. And I feel like uh, ShapeUp, this ShapeUp concept is similar. It's like a collection of processes and you apply those how you work. And uh, even the how to get started chapter in the book mentions that you just like pick one thing and start maybe start with six week cycles and then you add another layer when you need it and stuff like that so mm -hmm. i feel like in a way it's super similar to to the existing stuff uh it's just with new words and uh maybe a bit relaxed more relaxed than um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I, i i it's probably fair to say you know fast forward two or three years and if if this really catches on and that there will be as much or even 10 years, but like uh, as much dogma, um, additional definitions, that sort of thing attached around it. I think what, what draws, what draws me to it is that it does, it feels, it just feels, it does feel more relaxed. It feels like just enough more, like it feels human sized as opposed to, you know, enterprise and organization sized approach to how to think about design uh, and build a thing. Um, and so, and it does, it sure, see, it, it seems like people already are attaching a, a lot of uh, specifics or, or like, this is how you should do it. It should be, you have one team over here that's doing six weeks of shaping And they're going to hand it off to this team over here that's doing six weeks of building after this period of betting. Um, and Ryan Singer himself is like, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, feel, feel free to, <laughs> to, to do one week of shaping, you know, one week of betting or less, two weeks of building. Like, that's not the, that's not the point. The, the point is that there are some just universal truths about, about work and, this process has enough structure and is relaxed enough to hopefully allow your team to, to get through that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I, I, I totally like the idea of having like longer cycles, especially mm -hmm. Hmm. with new stuff where it's not as clean cut as with like implement this feature that you already implemented a dozen times before for another customer or Mm -hmm. just make this small improvement and um what i also particularly like is that they have this concept of um well the hill charts basically with uh figuring out what you do and then doing the stuff yeah that's that's something that that usually usually gets overlooked in in traditional processes especially they treat like the discovery period as work where traditionally it's more like why do you have to learn stuff like why do you have to research stuff don't you just know it and can get started and yeah. get this done and yep. the shape up is is acknowledging that figuring things out and experimenting and maybe even throwing things away is an important step in the process yeah yeah the the two the two concepts that that i really like are are the hill charts that you just like just that that visual of how to go into something uh to building something the other is the circuit breaker that just 
and so real quick summary for anyone who hasn't read it yet but um if you the, the circuit breaker says if we have you know established that we're going to give two weeks to this thing or if we have established that we're going to give six weeks to this thing to this project that when we hit that time the circuit breaker trips and we do not continue to give more time to it like it's over. And so, and if, if it needs more time, well, then you need to write that pitch and bring it back to the betting table. And then we will decide if we're going to give it another two or six weeks. Um, those, those, so those two concepts, the hill charts and the circuit breaker, I think are, um, are really, really great visuals. How did those, how did this, how's the circuit breaker idea strike you? Yeah, I like that one as well. Um, again, similar to like agile concepts, if you don't finish the task within that sprint, then you have to replan it for the next one or not do it. Like it, it starts from fresh uh, at every cycle. And yep. um, I think it's it's an easy concept to like consider, but doing it for real is, is probably pretty hard. I, I, I feel like, and I've, in the past I've seen teams would have cycles and, and sprints and see that a job isn't done by the end of the sprint and then basically just okay yeah just keep going for the next iteration yeah a yep. couple more weeks that's that's probably the, the worst thing you can do because like there's no guarantee that it will be finished within the next two weeks and there's the deadline just vanishes and there's a lot of good stuff that just comes from having a deadline mm-hmm. um so i think it's a good good idea but yeah you have to be disciplined to implement it. Oh yeah, I mean no doubt. Like so yes, so much about so much about the process and I mean for the record like it it just it it's a really good match for me and for my approach. Like this is much more this is how I would want to how I would want to work on a team. Um so so much of it, it the the underlying principle is everybody on the team needs to needs to trust one another. Um there's got to be a high degree of trust here for this thing to work. Yeah. Um yeah. in in every in every direction. And it feels it felt to me anyway like some of these things that they they talk about like just just working um and uh there's no need for there's no need to have a process in place for this component um or no uh there's no need to have a rigorous process in place for this component to work because the team member just sort of just tracks it and you know independently and then brings it back to the to the table you know down the road um that works really well when that person feels trusted valued etc and so i just i feel like so so much of the yeah just so much of the startup world and just processes and definitions and best practices etc etc are all Many of them are in response to um, poor, poor functioning teams with members that don't trust one another trying to cover their ass and seek certainty where there will always be risk. And like, and so rather than trying to figure out how to learn that system and, you know, get a certification in in that like arena of things, it's just like, gosh, no, like that is just not the way I want to. That's not the way I want to work. I don't want to. I don't want to get good at that. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I think that's that's the core problem that some of that that's the core problem that some people experience when they are working in like Scrum or something like that. It's it's not the process itself or the framework, but like trying to misuse it to control or mm-hmm. yeah, work mm-hmm. around the trust issues stuff like yeah. that. Well, so then are you? Um, 
what are you, what are you thinking like for, for user list? If, you know, fast forward a little while and getting ready to start adding some team members or whatever, will, what, what sort of development process would you want to implement and bring into the team and say, this is, this is how we're going to work. I think a lot of that stuff really sounds interesting to implement. Well, the longer cycles is actually a good idea. I, I, I feel like maybe six weeks is too long, but four weeks mm-hmm. might work. Mm-hmm. Two weeks usually, yeah, can work as well, but is is tough. Like, yeah, it's a tough schedule, especially with all this stuff. Like, what I really really like is the um, the shaping process and um, stuff like doing those breadboard charts where you just yeah write down words to represent hierarchies in the UI and stuff like that. The fat marker sketches are, are, are super useful, I think, mm-hmm. because it's easily to fall in the trap of like over specifying before and then like pitching those ideas and 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 deliberately betting on something and then handing yeah. that off to a team yes i think that part that part of the of the, of the framework is really useful and it's easy enough to start like i feel like it's there's there, there's nothing that you don't really need a special skill to make a sketch with a fat marker <laughs> and you don't mm-hmm. really need a special to write down some notes that describe what you're planning with with words and follow this i think at some point i had this uh, the structure for the pitches of why is this a problem and why do we yeah. think the solution works yes. and maybe even like possible problems that might involve be involved in that. I think those those are useful because it's it feels a p- more approachable than like a big book on how to write user stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think essentially it's the same same idea, but like it's a more relaxed and loose process. I think mm-hmm. at least that's what it feels. Yeah, I think it's also, I just think it's totally worth saying and acknowledging that the the culture of the leadership and the culture of uh, the personality type of the people building the thing is so important. And it's not that shape up is right and other things are wrong or that those things are right and shape up Mm -hmm. is wrong so much as, yes, I mean... People are into different styles of music. People are into different styles of running a company and are going to prefer, uh, you know, an extreme bias towards like operationalizing, systematizing thing. And that's totally fine. It just pro- it just also means that that the approach in this book is probably not gonna like completely jive, um, or that some something in between. Yeah. Anyway, you also you have you have a note in here. Um, uh, uninterrupted comes up a couple of times that sounds wonderful smiley face emoji <laughs> yes uh, especially in the in the building part there's this idea of like handing handing the shaped project to the team and then the team works for six weeks and then leaving them alone yeah oh, that sounds so that nice lovely. <laughs> yeah yeah no it's it's uh, definitely it's definitely important to note and this is i think that this is one of the things that I'm, i really like about doing this with you is that we're in the same position of we do not get to focus on anything full-time like we don't get to focus on building our consulting business into like a fine-tuned machine full-time we don't get to focus on building our side our our project um yeah i hate even calling it a side project because it's like it's the it's the thing um but it is the side project for now um don't get to focus on that full-time there is no such thing as uninterrupted time right now absolutely absolutely and the the interesting thing is like uh you you interviewed ryan for your podcast and 
I think as a result of that, they made this um, uh, appendix to the to the book, like how to get started with a small team. And what I find interesting, are well, maybe not, not, maybe it's not even that surprising, but they're acknowledging exactly that that like mm -hmm. when you're just a team of two or three, there's no such thing as focused, uh, uninterrupted time. You you're yeah. constantly handling yeah. a couple of things at the same time. But yeah. I think yeah, still some of the ideas might still. For example, the cycles and the circuit breaker. It's good started with something. Yeah, yeah. They um, he added a chapter called "Small Enough to Wing It" um, after our uh, conversation, and I, yeah. I only noticed this the other day that there's a link to bright and early, like in the introduction of the thing yeah. that like it's the, made my head one, fall right? off of my shoulders <laughs> when I saw that. <laughs> Like, yeah i so ran my laptop over to my wife and was like laura <laughs> i can Look. i can quit the show i it is done um no that on, on, honestly like we're joking but that was honestly kind of a that was a pretty validating and cool uh cool yeah thing we to, should probably cool also link to, to the to the interview uh in the show notes yeah yeah we should it was what, it was a good interview it was it was a really enjoyable interview sorry what yeah were you it, it was um what i was surprised about um I'm not entirely sure when this happened, but there used to be a section called um, Summary of the Methodology. Okay. And I have a feeling that that new chapter replaced that. Like, I downloaded a PDF, like, before my vacation. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that was before that new chapter went in there. And it had this, like, I don't know, five to six pages, just a bare minimum summary of the entire process. Okay. And looks and like gone? that's gone. Yeah. Interesting. Which is a bit sad. Oh yeah, summary of the like, method. That was like the yeah. You're a totally good reminder right. to just like print out and hang on the wall <laughs> and just refer back to. Well, and I I, I guess there's got to be there's got to be something about that like the summary of the method that people were taking as being prescriptive, and this is how it is Maybe, done, and yeah. how, as as opposed to yeah. like descriptive. Here is how we have implemented. And um, anyway, I yeah, it's I think it's just important. To, yeah just keep just keep it in mind this is a really this is a good uh, framework but you know adjust it adjust it for your team um let's see yeah dog, dog, being dogma dogmatic about this type of thing is unhealthy i think that's one of the un universal truth about project <laughs> management and well building stuff <laughs> yeah uh and life and life in general i think like, increasingly yeah. aware uh yeah it's so anyway what um all right what do you what do you got for the what do you got for the week ahead well microconf europe for the most part yep. okay um and until then uh doing some more work on on the refactoring um i I, this weekend, I, I took the time to actually finish uh, decorating the office, and that also means that my whiteboard is back on the wall. So, um, on the opposite wall, there's now a nice. big whiteboard with a lot of notes about the refactoring. Yes. Does, does that, <laughs> does that have, feel like a big, my... a mental, a mental load um, off that you can now have a, a representation of your brain on the wall? Yes, that yeah. helped a lot. Uh, it, yeah. it, it turned out to be so many moving parts that having them on the wall there and just being mm -hmm. able to, to watch it is a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Cool. Well, um, what, what what are your plans like, well, other yes. than having a vacation? Right. So the thing, I, I, it's good to, it was good to have this conversation because I'm feeling like it's extremely important for me to do before I leave is... Um, is to provide a, an outline and a description of the, the handful of things that I feel like need to be done in order to make 
make the the prototype demoable, installable, um, and, and ready to to show it to to a handful of people. Um, so that feels really important for me to to, to get done. And I think that'll that'll pretty much that's at the top of at the top of my list. Um, besides just like I've got some consulting stuff that I need to be sure that I wrap up, uh, wrap up today and get the other podcast scheduled and ready to go. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that man. Cool. Well then I guess that's it for this week, right? Okay. I think that should do it. Show notes at, uh, slow and steady podcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at slow steady pod. Anything else, Benedict? Um, don't be confused if the next episode is a day or two late. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, in fact, maybe plan for that, my friends. All right. Good talking. Okay, See you later. Bye.